All right, good morning, everyone. <clears throat> For those that I have not met, my name is Chris Luke. I'm one of the pastors around here. Uh, Jim's plan is to be back next week, and uh, everything seems to be heading in the right direction for that to be possible. Uh, As for today, I asked his permission, and we're going to do something a little different. Uh, In my class, we do this pretty regularly, where one or two people will get up here and tell bits and pieces of their testimony, uh, interview style. So basically, Grace Gumbo, which, by the way, starts Wednesday night... Uh, If you don't know what that is, you'll just have to come check it out, 6.30 here in the Fellowship Hall. But Grace Gumbo Gumbo has so impacted me because I think it has helped our church family grow so much closer, just getting to hear more about each other's lives. Uh, So I thought, well, I want to implement something like that in my class, and minus the Gumbo flair because only Jim can pull that off. But uh, again, Gumbo starts back Wednesday, but today... I have asked two women to come up here and join me, uh, not to tell their whole testimony, but to tell an important part of it, which is their relationship with one another. It's particularly relevant today because one of these women is in this class, one of them is in my class, the 20s and 30s. Uh, So Jackie and Jessica, y'all come on up, and as they do, I'm going to pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this time together, Lord Our hope and our prayer is that you would bless this time to uh, grow us closer to you and closer to one another. Lord, we want to know your will and we want to walk in it. And uh, we do believe that uh, one of the ways that that we can do that is to share our lives uh, more intimately with one another, one generation to the next. So uh, bless these efforts, calm fears, fill us with your spirit, fill us all with your spirit that we might uh, speak from you and listen to you so that we might better know you and love you and follow you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Jackie Roberts on the far end, Jessica Matthews here closest to me. Uh, Jackie is married to John. They have three children, all pretty close in age. What's that? I know. They have three children, all pretty close in age, college-aged and up. Jessica's married to Chris. Uh, They have three children, all four and under. And uh, Jackie is, bless her heart. Um, Jackie is Jessica's mentor. And as you will see, uh, their relationship is important, very important to both of them. Uh, I think it is important that there be more relationships just like it spread throughout our congregation. That's why I've asked them to come up here, not just for women, but for men and women. Um, So number one, I think you'll be encouraged just by their relationship. Number two, I hope to challenge all of us that there would be more of this going on. Uh, Jackie and Jessica met a couple years back at MOPS, which is our ministry to mothers of preschoolers, where Jackie was the mentor mom at Jessica's table. Uh, So ladies, here y'all are today in this meaningful relationship y'all met a couple years ago. I guess I'd start by asking you, uh, did you hit it off right away? Was it love at first sight? <laughs> it, no. Um, she was sweet, and she was my mentor mom at my table, but we didn't really have a relationship. We were across the table, and, like, she's, I mean, you provided what we needed at the table. and Can y'all hear in the back? Everything good? Okay. Um, helped answer question, practical questions at the time, but... Um, I wasn't thinking we were going to be 
besties and hang out every day. And so I did not foresee what God had in store. What about you? And you were very quiet mm -hmm. at the time. And it was a proximity thing. I mean, she was across the table. So I think I got to know the girls beside me better than Jessica. So we kind of just were on a surface level friendship. So how did the relationship get more intentional? Um, I decided to ask her over for coffee. Well, first you started coming to Grace event. Oh, first I started coming oh. to Grace, yeah. Hey, that which, by the Mops. way, uh, we have this ministry to mothers of preschoolers called Mops, and it very much is an outreach ministry. Um, but uh, Jessica and her husband, Chris, are Navy family, and they just so loved Mops here at Grace that they're like, hey, we'll check out... I just think that's wonderful, and that's happened on numerous occasions, but they started coming to Grace because of Mops, so here, here for Mops. Yep. Yeah, I saw the women's hearts, I saw your heart, and um, my discussion leader's heart, and just said, honey, they're on fire for the Lord, we need to start coming to Grace. So, we did, and, um, and then I guess we just started seeing you in the halls then, and, and saying and yes, hi. And in church, and we greeted each other, and then I guess we saw each other on Sundays, and we started talking more. Yep. And... and now, were you expecting at that time? I was. You're right. I was expecting. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It all Thank blends you, together. Yeah. That's so, right. But you... then at some point, you <laughs> approached her about, you know, more intentional time together. What does that look like? Yeah, I said, Let's, why don't you come over for coffee? And, well, I'd just like to get to know you a little bit more. Right. It was after Wednesday night church. We saw each other in the parking lot, and we greeted each other. Mm -hmm. And out of the blue... She asked me to meet her for coffee, and I was kind of surprised, yeah. but ple pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. surprised. And so then we decided the coffee thing wouldn't work because she is too little. She had two little ones with her, and so I went to their house. Mm -hmm. So it was like a play date, mm -hmm. one-sided. <laughs> one, one-sided play date, um, and we just got to know each other. I heard a little bit more about your testimony and why you guys came to Grace and that kind of thing, and... Um, and then you stepped it up even more, past coffee, past, like about I'm expecting and... I'm expecting and then I said, I need you. And um, <laughs> Well, and we started Mops again. Okay. We started the so second this year of Mops. So coffee thing went on for a little while. A couple of months and then Mops started. Mops and started and I was getting ready to pop and my family is not in town. So I was desperate for a backup with the other two children if in the middle of the night I and popping, then I need someone to come watch the other two. And I asked if you would be available for that. She asked me to be on call, and John was not sympathetic, because, you know, he's on call all the time. And I'm like, I was taking it very seriously. Like, I, I had my phone beside my bed, and I had my clothes ready. So he was glad. Yeah, he, he was really glad that I could experience Now them. relate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, now... You got in, and then was it before you even stepped it up another notch? Yes. I said, so since you said yes to that, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, would you want to be my mentor? And we'll start a mentor relationship. And I said, I don't know. We'll, we won't know what this is going to look like, um, but what do you think? And we'll get to that in just a second. Mm -hmm. But uh, before, you got practice with this on-call thing even before the baby was born. I did. So what was that like? I think it was early December. Is that right? So my phone rang about 4 o'clock. It was 4 o'clock in the morning. And I looked at the phone, and her husband, Chris, his number had not been... I didn't put, enter his number into my phone yet. So I thought, I cannot believe a telephone solicitor is calling me at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I put the phone down. And then all of a sudden... 
It said Washington State because that's where they moved from before here. And I thought, oh, my goodness, it was Chris. And so I grabbed the phone, called the number back, and he, uh, Jessica was having severe kidney stone problems. And he had to take her to the ER while she was pregnant. And so I got in the car very quickly and went over and spent the night. Well, not the night. It was almost morning. But... Um, <laughs> So that was my first experience with the on-call thing. And then you were there again when she had the baby? and Right. Chris okay. called me at midnight that time and said, <laughs> thanks, Chris, and um, said, Jessica's in labor. And I'm like, okay, I'm on my way. I had everything ready, all laid out, a little bag. Okay. Well, being on call with kids is one thing, but being a mentor is quite another. So what was it like for you when Jessica asked you to be her mentor? Well, I was surprised, and you had a mentor before me who was praying for her that she would find another mentor locally. Because this woman was out of town. Yeah. Right. And about six years ago, and some of y'all have, were probably in these little book studies of spiritual mothering, there were small groups that formed re- to read this book. And Ginger Newsom was our leader, and there were three of us in it with Ginger Newsom. And I read the book, and the book is based on Titus, too. And I'm going to read what it says. It says, older women, Titus 2, 3 3 through 5. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. So she bases this book on those verses in Titus. Mm -hmm. And her definition of spiritual mothering, Susan Hunt is the author, she says, spiritual mothering is when a woman possessing faith and spiritual maturity enters into a nurturing relationship with a younger woman in order to encourage and equip her to live for God's glory. So, I thought... So you had a category for this right. from these, this group a few years back, um, but it didn't make it like the smoothest thing ever. No, I knew I fit into both of those categories, like her definition, I fit into that, and then the Titus, because I was one of the older women. Um, but... I thought, oh, well, this sounds nice, but I didn't really think I could do it. I didn't feel like I was equipped, Mm -hmm. and I felt like I needed a mentor. Hmm. Selfishly, I felt like I did. Yeah. You know, um, I feel the same way as she did, as she did, and probably still does. I think we all do to some degree. We all feel this, there needs to be someone else that's poured into me because I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I mean, Jim Umoff, who we all love, I've heard him say before, everything I do terrifies me. And uh, I thought that's so interesting. Every time he sings, every time he teaches, he seems just right at home. And yet there's this helpless dependence on the Lord to walk in the ways that God has uh, called him to walk. And so I think that's an important thing to, to just recognize here is that I don't think it would be abnormal and scary for anyone who is leading others to just feel like this is cake, you know, this is the easiest thing. I think if we sense any of the gravity of that, there is this helplessness, Lord, 
I'm still a sinner. I, I still am working through my own things. How can I ever help someone else? And yet that is the place of strength. This helpless dependence on God. In our weakness, he is strong. And um, <clears throat> so I was actually very encouraged when you said that. I think that is a sign of maturity to, to realize the gravity of the situation. Uh, this is a high call to invest in someone else. She wants me to mentor her. I, I need a mentor. Um, I think that's a normal feeling. And so if you can relate, uh, we probably all can. Um, so what does this mentoring relationship look like? We, well, we didn't, weren't quite sure. It's a little background. I had a mentor in Washington State where we are from. And I guess you didn't realize when we were having coffee, I was kind of pre-interviewing her without her knowing. Um, because my mentor had said, you need someone there. You need someone you're going to see in the hallways. You need someone who's going to be able to support you physically, not just through prayer and, you know, seeing each other on Skype once a week. Um, so we decided we're going to start it pretty structured. We're going to get together once a week. Um, we meet at Panera on Thursday evenings, and we're going to study the Bible together. And it was, that's kind of where we started. So whatever else it was going to look like, you knew that's what you wanted. You wanted what, the Word of God in prayer kind of at the center of this mm-hmm. relationship, uh, which in order to truly walk in these, this call, uh, and again, this isn't just for women. I mean, this can be applied to men as well. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean there has to be a certain number of years between you, but we're talking about, you know, a mature believer investing in another maturing believer. And um, so the word of God and prayer, that's kind of our core constructs, but it's evolved into other things. So tell us about that. So now we've become very close, and she's my spiritual daughter, and I love her, and um, I love her kids, mm-hmm. and even John loves them. I mean, John has... <laughs> it's a miracle. He's, it's he a is miracle. not here. I don't think he's here. He got called in, so he's not even here. But he... Yeah, it's a miracle. <laughs> that her kids love John, that's funny. But so they're like our little adopted family, and those are like my pretend grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. And you describe... So, yeah, we kind of joke that it's like an arranged marriage because when it started out, it was kind of like, oh, this will be fun and interesting. And even reading the Bible together was kind of awkward. awkward. Like, I guess it was awkward. let's pray now. And then we would pray and <laughs> let's start reading now. And then we start reading. And um, I think even before our first meeting, I thought I said, let's read Galatians because I've been doing it in my mm-hmm. quiet time. And I thought I'm not going to get much out of this. I'm. What I need right now is the fact that my children are going crazy. I need to talk about that, and I need, I need some other support and other. But God just spoke through that, and the conversation just turned into what it was. And yeah, now we're having pool parties, and we—I mean, we only didn't see each other once this week. <laughs> yeah. We pretty much hang out constantly, wow. and it's, it's a really yeah. Because we had to put the Bible study on hold because you had the kidney stones, and then you started Baby. having labor issues, and then you had Vienna. The, mm-hmm baby and so the Bible said he was on hold but in that time we were seeing each other all the time because I was helping her with the kids and picking them up at preschool and stuff like that just to help her living life together yeah you said like friendship pool parties family dinners babysitting and one thing that I just thought was funny she said texts with emojis you know which just really says that we really care about each other (laughs) however many exclamation points there are and uh you know but um, another important point in this is that it didn't start out awesome. It just started out intentional, you know? And, 
I think that that's really important to get. Um, if we, it, with our spouse, with our kids, with a mentor, mentee, you know, whoever it is, I mean, just the discipline of we're going to get back together, word and prayer going to be our constructs. It may not uh, thrive right away, but we're just going to keep at it, even if we have a super awkward meeting. And over time, what you find is it flourishes and matures and grows. Um, you know, I, uh, I guess I would just say in any of those settings, it's really important to push through. I think that's what derails this more than anything. The first meeting wasn't that great. The first family devotion, whatever it is, wasn't that great. It was really weird. I felt really uncomfortable. And um, just, just pushing through that to see it through and give it some time. Uh, it's like a middle schooler. You know, they're awkward, but they're not always in middle school and they mature and grow. And so maybe the relationship started out like middle school and then, you know, you go, you go past that. Uh, how has the relationship impacted you both? Well, we are empty nesters, so it filled a need in my life to feel like I was still had something to do, you know, because... Our, our, our three children are older, and so I was kind of like, okay, what do I do now? And that's kind of when they came into our lives, <clears throat> so that has really helped me. Mm-hmm. And practically just everything with having three little ones, um, she's there practically for me. You're there to give me perspective because you've been through it. I'm in a season of chaos, so everything seems like an emergency. Um, and she, I'm able to call you, and you say, been there, you live, um, and so I guess you're kind of my light at the end of the tunnel. So hmm. uh, they also thought it was important to point out that Jessica and her mom are actually very close, and her mom is a serious Christian. So this isn't like a replacement relationship; right. no, uh, no. it's a complement relationship. Mm-hmm. What would y'all say about that? Um, it's a different kind of perspective. I guess my sinful nature still has me a little bit rebellious when my mom says something to me. I'm like, oh, sure, Mom. And then Jackie says the same thing, and I say, oh, what's my mom said? I'll believe both of you now. Um, so that, I mean, just having the two relationships, the both perspectives are focused on the Lord, and I, he said I have a really close relationship with my mom, but it's just a different perspective to have a spiritual mother as well. Yes, and I also want to respect her relationship with her mother. And if I disagree with her mother on anything, I'm not going to cut her down. Or I'm just, I don't want to be a threat to her mother at all because mm-hmm. it's a different relationship. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, Jackie, you told me that after you reading Spiritual Mothering a few years ago, you told God, I can't be a mentor. I don't want to be a mentor. Um, and mm-hmm. so here you are now in a meaningful mentoring relationship with someone that you love um and what would you say to someone who has that same internal pushback again i think we all do but uh can't be don't want to be la 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 what would you say to someone well i think what led me to do it is i wanted to be obedient to the lord and because i knew i I fit into those two categories i would encourage you to Pray and ask God to lead you to the relationship that would glorify him. And then, you know, meditate on the verses in Titus and then maybe read this book. Yeah. Um, Jessica, this is also the gift that keeps on giving because you've said that um, 
the, this impact on you and her mentoring you has really made you want to be a mentor to others. So I'm praying that God will form me into a mentor. And I would have thought it, that I couldn't be. Same, I would have had the same thoughts. Um, but Jackie's been really open and honest with me about your fears and weaknesses. And so when she told me those... And I'm seeing that she's completely capable and God is coming through. It's like, wait a second. If I know that she didn't feel like she could, and here she is excelling at it, that um, I could be in those same shoes. Wow. Dumb. How helpful that is, too, just to lead in humility. Um, because the reality is when you stand up and teach or lead in front of someone and act like you're the one that's got it all together and these are all because of your great strengths, uh, it really makes others feel like, well, they're just supremely gifted and I would never be able to do the same. And so when we realize this is the same God who loves us all the same as his children and will equip us and strengthen us as is needed for what he's called us to do, it's very important. Um, So we would love to see more of this going on. What role or whose role is it then uh, to approach the other, younger generation, older generation, or what are some other things that keep people away from this? I, I don't know if there's a specific role of who should. Um, I was just praying that someone, God would put someone on my heart, and he put your name on my heart, which is where the coffee started. Mm-hmm. Um, and you always have things in the back of my head. I don't drink coffee, so I'm always thinking, if I invite someone to coffee, then it's going to be awkward that I'm having water. Or, yeah. <laughs> um, But, there, I mean, come over for liquid. And, um, and we'll hang out and get to know each other. So, um, and my heart was racing during that point. I mean, it wasn't easy to go up and ask her for coffee because I was thinking she's got important things going on. Um, just because she's a mentor at a table doesn't mean that she's available elsewhere. So I would say just even just saying that you're available to um, us, our generation, is, would be huge. Just saying I have the time, I'm willing um, I'm just available would be very helpful. And two, I did not realize what a need it was until I talked to both Chris and Jessica. It's a need in their generation to be mentored. And I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. And so people in my generation and above need to step up. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, my wife and I spent the first two years of our marriage down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And we're a very small church church. which meant you had better be friends with other generations or you just weren't going to have friends. I mean, we, there just weren't very many people in our congregation. But some of our favorite times, uh, sitting on the back porch of John and Lynn Saban, who were in their early 60s, and just listening to them, who were godly people, listening to them talk about life. And they had time for us, you know, and we felt like we were moving into this period of life that was just crazy. And where did the time go? And, and that they were just willing to have us over and have dinner and sit and talk was administered to us. And, and they would tell you we weren't saying anything profound, and maybe they weren't, but just simple Christian living shared generation to generation. Another couple, Richard and Barbara Warner, who were even a little older than John and Lynn, closer to 70, invited us uh, to Florida for a weekend. A couple hours away, they had rented a home, and we went and spent three days with them And those are just precious memories, you know, where we sat and drank coffee and talked for hours about their life and uh, them coming to the Lord and following the Lord. So I would just encourage you, that was when I was 23, 24, and I'm now 29, and the significance of those kinds of things hasn't changed. 
Um, I do identify with what you're saying. I think many do in an older generation. I don't feel like I have anything to offer. But remember who wrote and is writing your story. I mean, God has intervened in your life. And what you have to offer is that testimony of God's grace at work in the midst of your mess. And so I would just encourage you that you do have lots to offer uh, in that. Another thing we said is it's kind of harder for older women to know the needs. There's a sea of younger women out there. I don't know who's in Jessica's situation. How, how do I know? And so uh, certainly I think if you become aware of a need, to, I would encourage you to be intentional with that and pursue them. Um, but also for younger women to be courageous. And if there's someone around here that you look up to or you think you might be able to look up to based on a couple things they've said, I mean, just to put yourself out there. You know, it's scary. Hey, you want to get liquid or whatever? <laughs> um, all to say, I do think it comes from both directions. I don't want to say this is how it has to be. Um, and again, I mentioned this earlier. I would also like to say, while it is generally true that older men or women who have been walking with the Lord for a longer period of time uh, will be more spiritually mature than younger men or women, uh, we also know that that is not always the case. And uh, there are some older men and older women that don't need to be mentors right now. There are some younger men and women that are ready to be mentors right now. Um, there are men and women who will mentor others closer to their own age, at times even older than them. So, again, we'll trust the Lord to move on the right hearts um, for those who are indeed ready. Um, that said, whether or not you're in a place of spiritual maturity to be able to invest in the spiritual maturity of another, um, if you, like Jackie, do have more time on your hands than you once did, I know there are lots of young moms who are in this period of chaos that would love to have someone offer to pitch in from time to time, or young dads who feel at a loss as to how to move forward in encouraging their wives who are in the middle of the season of chaos that would love to have lunch from time to time and just need the encouragement to continue to stay the course and reminders to die to themselves. Or some single folks from our group that, you know, would deeply value your time and a lunch together and, and things like that. All to say, we want to affirm as a younger generation, you are loved, you are valued, you are needed. Um, some of you aren't that much older than some of us. Some of you are a, a decent you know, bit older than some of us. But what I would love to see more of is this cross-pollination of the generations. And I think that's represented even in this class. Um, anything else y'all would want to add as I... Babylon. I know there are some of you who are in mentor relationships also, so I think that's neat because I think it's going on. We just mm -hmm. don't know it. And I would say the same. It's not kind of one of those things where you stand up and say, I've been mentoring someone for you know, right. six years. I mean, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I want to encourage you to stay the course in that. And that, some of that's not necessarily with people in this church. That's okay. That's good. Um, spread the wealth, you know, but good point. And I would say in today's culture, we're really told that we have to do it on our own and so that was constantly in my head I don't I don't I have to do this on my own I'm weak if I need somebody else or um, have to call on somebody in desperate times um, so I would just say you don't have to do it on your own mm -hmm. and 
God does not call us to do it on our own. The, only our culture tells us that, and mm. that's, not a, that's a lie. <laughs> that's a great point. Uh, to close, I want to emphasize some of the themes that we've already heard. But, you know, Jesus said that the way to find our lives is to lose them, which is something to ponder. Uh, we die to ourselves, he says, in order that we might truly live. The way of the Christian life is not self-preservation, it is self-sacrifice. And here is another way that we can, you know, uh, lay down our lives, lay down our comforts, move outside of our comfort zones in, into the, as one guy said, into the place where the magic happens. Um, growth happens outside of our comfort zones. And God shows up outside of our comfort zones. That was the whole emphasis on the leave the shire thing, right? As we get outside of the Shire and, and there God is to grow us and walk with us. Um, so I would just encourage you all, all of us to leave the Shire. And, and for some of us, that may mean going abroad. Uh, for others, that may mean investing your life in someone else right here at home. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we are, I am personally very encouraged by the way that you have arranged this relationship between Jackie and Jessica, uh, it is, it's an encouragement to me, and, and Lord, there's great strength in this relationship. I think uh, we can all relate to that tension that Jessica just described. The culture tells us that we have to do it alone, and we're weak if we can't. The reality is we are weak. We can't do it alone. That's why I think this message of life together has so resonated with us, is because we love each other and we need each other. And so, Lord, I pray that you would uh, providentially arrange more and more of these relationships, uh, that we might be more tightly bound to you and to one another as your people. Uh, thank you for this day. Uh, we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, good day. <laughs>